Hello everybody, it's Gay back after a short break, I think. Uh, mainly because I haven't had too much insight as to what to record. But I thought this might be interesting, helpful and hopefully a little amusing. Just something that's happened over the last four or five days. I, I've had problems with one of my knees for a long, long time. And as I've said before, I'm beginning to feel like the bionic woman. I have the opportunity to get that knee scraped out, the arthritis. And for years and years, I've been told I had arthritis. Couldn't do anything about it, have injections to help through the discomfort and so on and so on. But not long ago, and I doubt if I mentioned it on, on these podcasts, I, my knee actually gave way on me and I fell down the stairs. Um, at the time, luckily I wasn't too badly injured. I was pretty beat up. But the stairs I go down, if I haven't mentioned it before, have a pole, a, a wooden, a wooden two by four, I suppose it is, that hold hold the stairs between the bottom and the ceiling and as I went down the stairs and realized that my footing was going I somehow not very graciously grabbed the pole swung around it in slow motion I thought fell with my back towards and on the sofa and that's where I landed so it was easy for me to pick myself up ish from there and I sort of made my way back upstairs again. It was pretty early morning. And then after some backwards and forwards in my mind, decided I probably should go to the emergency room and get looked at, which I did, x-rays, da da, da 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 So that one thing sent me on another journey, like all my surgeries have ended up doing, this time for the right reasons. And I was able to get an MRI uh, referral and looking at that knee whoa lo and behold it's not exactly rheumatism as I would call it you have multiple meniscal tears you have a foreign body floating around there somewhere um, it would be nice if it was a dishy um, foreign body nah don't know what it was but uh, anyway I've got foreign body floating around and the answer to that was, I can't say the word, artiscopy or something. And this very nice surgeon of mine was going to go in, um, put some holes in my knees and scrape out the meninges tears and the arthritis and the foreign body. So very gratefully, I ex ex accepted that because, yes, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable like everything else. But I want the next years of my life to be as good as they can possibly be because I think most of the times I've, time I've got my head together. Now I've got to get the body together. Anyway, I ha went in and had the surgery. So I thought I would just reiterate what happened over those days because when I got out of surgery, my eldest daughter had picked me up and taken me to her house my youngest daughter met me and was going to bring me home. 
and she was the one that would be near me while I was recovering, etc., etc. But in the process, in that process, they started. They we sat down and we were talking about what had happened, and as usual, the three of us ended up in fits and fits and fits of giggles because they kept telling me that what I had done, how I had it done wasn't true and I was telling fibs and I'm arguing no this has happened every surgery I've had I've had quite a few big ones in the last five years I've had Achilles I've had my neck um my neck done I've had a thyroid I've had a lump removed off my neck I've had a back surgery with discs pushed in and out and all sorts of stuff and now oh then my cataract's done and now my knee so I should know what I'm talking about really Anyway, um, that's how this came about, and it's three or four days later now, and I've decided, yes, I would tell the story, because I think it's quite funny. I went in, I always go into these surgeries alone. I usually try and stay near the hospital so that I can walk down first thing in the morning when I've done that lovely starvation, and you can't eat or drink, and I like to sort of just walk down to the hospital and have some fresh air and get my thoughts together. So this is what I did. I stayed near the hospital, walked down first thing in the morning. It was damp and foggy and luckily the whole walk from the hotel or motel, whatever, to the hospital. At that time in the morning, seven o'clock, everybody's going to work. So that's okay. Um, all these nice people going to work in the hospitals and I go in and check in and have to go up to the day surgical suite which I did um I always everybody in there is like sort of Noah's art no offense to everyone that wants to go with their friends or husbands or relations but not me they're all in there in their two by twos um and so my time comes to go down to the I don't know what they call it preparation room I suppose you taken through these big doors and there you stand give your name again and the date of birth and just so they know who you are and I'm given a pack and this has happened every time an orange pack that's lovely and warm and I go in the room and I'm told put on the gown now the gown is completely disposable put it on with the tie to the back before you put the gown on here's your little pile of towels and make sure that you each warm one, there's one for your legs, one for your arms, one for your back, one for your shoulders, one for your torso. And they're all lovely and lovely and warm. So you get, you know, wiping self down. And at the time they give them to you, they say, just don't do your face and your private parts, which suits me. Can't reach all of my back, but somehow I manage it, hold the corners of the cloth over my back and sort of pull them backwards and forwards. This happens every time, so it's nothing new to me. I get the gown on, and other times I've been hooked up to a hose that has had a, a like a plastic air mattress that's gone over the bed, which is kept, it's got warm air flowing into it, so that's on top of you, and then you have a sheet and a blanket. I don't usually like that because I'm always warm, so the nurse said, there's a hole in the side of the gown, punch it through, put this hose in and I said, ah, don't need that. I really don't. I, I don't get 
cold. And she's, no, no, now we'd rather you put the hose in there because if you eat, it's got cold and hot. So you can keep the air flowing around your body so you don't get damp and then that breeds fungus, etc., etc. So I'm sitting on the side of the bed all washed up with my towels and, and my very pretty pale lilac gown it was trying to get this darn hose into the I pushed the hole through and I think like the hose I've got arthritis in my fingers wouldn't couldn't get it clipped into the hose and then this very happy smiley face comes walking towards my room and this time I was in a really nice room actually quite big had curtains around for privacy that as well as the door but she came in and it, it was my surgeon so hello I come in to mark you up and uh, she's having trouble with that yes I am so she fiddled around with it and as though she was very young and obviously very adept at doing things with her hands she had a job getting this thing pushed in get all set up and uh, she checked who I am and my birthday etc and which leg I'm having done and then initials my left knee off she goes so I'm left there just to relax and I love it I just it's warm it's quiet there's a buzz of people going around and I'm obviously nosy or curious as to who's going and having what and all that sort of stuff so then I look at the the dial on this thingy and yes it's I can have hot hot air or cool air so I have it turned down to fairly cool and it's nurse comes in a male nurse really nice and tells me his name and says I'm taking care of you until you go into surgery and asks is there they've got the computer they pull over and they're asking you oh my goodness all these questions and we're going to go through your medication and I looked at him and I thought, oh my goodness there's so much written down on my chart but most of them I don't seem to take anymore and he laughed and said well we have to we have to see what you're taking and also, oh, yours isn't too bad. I had someone this morning that had over 100 medications we had to go through. So, okay, go through the medicine and he's talking to me about allergies, the weird allergies I have. I actually have one to gold. Um, not outside. He looked to see if I had any rings on and I didn't, but I'm not allergic to gold on the outside. But I had my ears pierced when I was 18 and my mother-in-law-to-be at the time bought me some gold pierced earrings and as soon as I put them in my ears when well, I looked cauliflower cabbage ears came up so in my body gold's not a good thing a couple of other things so get that all sorted out and another really nice lady comes in I am going to put the intravenous in for you because uh, the anesthetic I'd been told when I was having my checkup that I presumed it wouldn't be a general anaesthetic because the procedure itself is quite short, but the getting you ready beforehand and afterwards is what's time consuming. Anyway, she said, I'll do the, put the, the needle in your hand and I, it, I'm going to give you some lidocaine where the needle's going to go in and it's not going to hurt and it won't take long and then your anaesthetist will come in and all at the same time she's talking to me my male nurse is talking to me really nicely and keeping me talking because apparently I have an accent would you believe 
here in America, I have an accent. So we're chatting away and she comes over to my left hand and decides to shove this needle in, which was a little bit painful, I must say. Um, I'm thinking, well, I don't know where she put the lidocaine, but as, after she'd done it, so I am so sorry. That probably did hurt you quite a bit because where I put the needle in was where I dabbed the lidocaine. So my apologies. Okay, that's fine. The needle's in. I, I won't worry too much about that. Um, and then the anaesthetist comes through after I'd been relaxing and chilling out there for a while and tells me, asks me the questions. And I always have to say, I hate throwing up. So I have to tell the anaesthetist, whatever you do, whatever you can give me, please, please, I don't want to throw up when I come round. I, I cannot stand. So he's asking me why I thought maybe, why I thought. Something had happened to me in childhood that made me so terrified of throwing up or not liking it. And I could explain a couple of situations which made sense of that, which I won't go into because they're not very pleasant. And uh, so he's right. Yes, we, we can do that for you. I'll be with you all the time. So I said to him, uh, I won't. Oh, he asked me about a nerve block. And I said, oh, I'm sure you'll get, I'll have a nerve block, won't I? Because I won't be getting much anesthetic and he oh yes we're going to give you a general anesthetic okay yes but it's a wee bit different in as much we don't put the tube right down your throat to resuscitate you so it doesn't go so deep in into you what who am i to argue at this precise time my life is in their hands and they're telling me they're going to call my daughters and who do I want to talk to and put in all my stuff in bags. I didn't have very much with me. And then this other nice nurse, male nurse, comes along and he's going to be the one that wheels me to the operating room. So put that lovely, lovely hat on that takes your hair away. And again, he starts talking to me because he comes from another part of America where they think he has a bit of a weird accent. So chatting and talking about where I come came from and all that good stuff and he was really really sweet um chatting all the way down and it's like the like the movies or like the films you know when you see those those films and it makes me giggle inside every time that you see the people on the gurney being walked down through the corridors to the operation room and they're looking up and you see the lights just the lights going by the lights going by um, and it's just, oh gosh, you're in your own little movie at the moment. Lights are going by. I haven't got, it gets quite chilly. Don't really know where we're going, but this is it. We're, we're off. And I wheeled into the operating room. Another nurse, the lady comes and says, I will be by your side. And, uh, the anaesthetist is going to, um, slowly, slowly give you something that will make you drowsy, etc., etc. So then, the time has come to move me from the gurney to the operating bed. And they're chatting and there's, I could see out the corner of my eye, there's quite a big gap between the gurney and the operating bed, which is really narrow when they slap you on it. And I said, in, she said, in a second, we're going to get the bed close to the other uh, bed. And can you slither across? Well, I'll try to, because I certainly don't want to fall down the hole in between. So I slide across and they start doing whatever they've got to do 
And the anaesthetist says, when you come round, when you come round in recovery, you will have another nurse that will stay with you. They'll be there when you wake up and we'll take care of you until we decide what to do with you or send you home. So I'm lying there and then you go into this, I, I think, incredible oblivion. Just, you're gone. And I think it's amazing. I love it. So then... Obviously, I don't know what happens, and I come around, and I always apparently am different to everybody else. I just open my eyes and look at there's a nurse beside me, really nice young lady, and she's like, "Oh, hello, you you know you come round, and how are you feeling? Uh, fine, thank you, um, really good." And then she says to me, "Do you want? Is there anything you'd like?" And of course, I'm really thirsty. I've been without stuff for ages now and so she says what would you like would you like an apple juice or a coke or a um, lemonade or ginger ale and so I think, uh, I'm usually offered a cup of tea which I love the first time one of the operations I was offered tea and toast which was amazing and then a cup of tea and a biscuit um, then a cup of tea usually so that, I remember the last time having having a cup of tea and so I'm waiting for the t- cup of tea to come on the end, and it didn't. So, I, oh, okay, um, I'll have a ginger ale, please. Would you like a snack? Um, then reels off these these snacks. So I decided to have Cheez-Its. Which will, so in she comes with my little can of um, ginger ale and a small airline, airline packet of Cheez-Its, which I continue to devour. The other beds around me are people in seem to be different stages of recovery not quite as with it as I was because they're sort of having their drink through a help with a straw and then some of them are sort of moving and twitching and not doing such good things and I'm munching away on my Cheez-Its and my my um, ginger ale have just lovely great so then they decide that the time would be, time would come when my daughter would meet me outside. So I'm wheeled down in the wheelchair because, you know, everything seems to be going okay. She picks me up and, yeah, I just get in the car and drive to her house and walk myself. There's some steps down to her house, so she's holding her arm out to me. I should, should really lean on her arm. I am a poor old coot, I know. So I get help in and she makes me a lovely cup of frothy coffee oh amazing and says a bit later says do you want a sandwich and no I'm okay but then she's oh I'm having one do you want one and of course she makes me this incredible sandwich lovely bread that I love Italian or French bread and lettuce and sliced turkey and I think it had some pickle in there um and some mayonnaise and oh nice big thick sandwich which I devour no problems with my digestion um and then about half an hour later oh i made some brownies do you want some i don't know okay yes i will this lovely slice of gooey brownie which i gosh i enjoyed and when i'm coming out of surgery i don't have any guilty feelings i shouldn't be eating a brownie i shouldn't be doing this Oh boy, no, that frothy coffee with caramel on top and the brownie was just 
heaven, heaven, heaven. Then my youngest daughter arrives from work to take to take me home and then she sits down. And so this is where this all came about. We started talking about my surgery and I start the story. Well, I go in on my own and my youngest daughter says, oh, that's really great. If everyone else is there in pairs, what do they think of us? That we just let our mother go on her own. We don't care about her. We go on with our daily stuff and you're there all on your own. I said, no, they didn't. I explained to them that that's, that's my wishes. It's, it's great. And then I described the, the warm towels and the disposable um, gown. And one of them says, warm towels? What are you talking about? I've just been plonked in a bit. Most of their experiences, I think, have been having babies, though nearer rather than surgery just put in a bed and you know get on with it sort of thing no lovely warm towels and then I say and then they're talking to me and telling me all the care I'm gonna get and then I come round and I've got ginger ale and Cheez-Its and they're like for crying out loud where the heck were you that's not the hospital that we know of and I started laughing I said oh gosh it actually does sound like a day spa for me it was a spa day. It really, really was because I wasn't in any pain. We're told to go and pick up my narcotics, etc., etc. So that will be taken care of as I get home. And I, I'm pretty lucky. I don't suffer too crazily with pain. But the lovely thing is, is that when I do get home that first couple of days, yes, I've got a lovely strong painkiller. Um, aspirin, I presume, to stop me getting blood clots ice packs ready to put on and this lovely small bible of how to take care of myself after the surgery and it just struck me as so funny my son wrote to me or texted me in the evening and said you know how are you mum are you doing okay and it's like yeah apparently I, I had I went to the spa for the day nobody told me but it was wonderful and so that's why I decided to record this because I think it's really really funny I like being in hospitals for these procedures apparently that is very odd mainly because I have great faith in these people they know what they're doing they're incredibly kind when I was a kid and that's what I said to them we had school dentists they come in with all their apparatus into this classroom for goodness sake with a big old mask to shove over your face and then you'd be breathing this hideous black thick mask stuff and have nightmares as you were going under a little bit and then come round and you're all bleeding and sore because you don't get any painkillers. So for me, as the years have gone on and medicine has progressed to where it is, it's bloody fantastic, in my opinion. So we're now three or four days later on. I am in my, I sort of, can I, I can stay on my own. I've got my I could get into the bathroom. I, could, I made sure I had all my, you know, snacks. I had some pot noodles. I've got loads of biscuits, my McVitie's, my chocolate biscuits, my um, shortbreads, half and half ready for my tea. I've got my tea, I've got my, had some sachets of coffee. My daughter, when she came up to check on me, bought a couple, a couple of cans of pop or soda as you'd call it um and on my way home I forgot that night she was talking about getting their dinner the night I'm coming home from surgery she's going to pick up my medicine 
And I said, oh, could you stop? I really, really fancy a takeaway tonight because then I thought, well, I've got the takeaway. It'll do me two or three nights and I've had a spa day. I can spoil myself. So we stopped and picked up. Actually, it was a panda. Panda Express and I had my chow mein and my orange chicken and another chicken thingy. So when we came in, she put that out on a plate for me. My first bit, the next bit would be for the following day. She was going to put it in the fridge. And I had my takeaway and then I made myself a cup of tea and watched telly. Took my medication, started dropping off to sleep and slept like a log. I'd slept like a log in the hotel and I slept like a log in bed the night after my surgery. Woke up fairly early, knowing I hadn't got to go anywhere. Potted to the kettle and made my cup of tea and got a biscuit. And that's how it's been for three or four days now. I've been in my in this room with all, this, all the stuff that I, I bought. Some jellies or jellos and I bought some puddings in cups. So I've had everything right here at my disposable. And I have had a lovely four or five days. I've been educating myself as I'm lying here and reading I've been doing a lot of work <coughs> excuse me on I had a tarot reading to do so I was going back into the um, meanings of the tarot etc and I just had a blast so I wanted to just check back in with you I will try in the next week or so to come up with another relaxation or a story or something a podcast but I am dry, I'm going to start coughing, so I'm going to say goodbye to you now. And I just thought it was quite funny to share with you my, was it an operation or was it a spa day? For me, it was a spa day, so I'm very lucky. I was taken well care of, so talk to you soon, everybody. Bye for now.